are live in the 405. Welcome to episode one of the Thundergrads podcast. We are recording, like I said, live at 12.07 p.m. Norman, Oklahoma on this Monday. Miles, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Big Miles. Are you ready for preseason basketball? Yes, sir, man. We got a lot to talk about uh, when this game comes up, so let's get straight to it. I know you want to get straight into it, but I have one thing I need to ask you what because, is, what's that? you know, Poku's been getting in the gym, okay. eating like 12, I did not prep you on this, Poku's been eating like 11, 12 meals a day, so the, my question is for you, if there's any food that you could eat 12 times a day, what would it be? Yo, oh, that is a good question. Because <laughs> obviously be he's not eating 12 right. for the same thing, but if you Honestly, had to... I can never get tired of eating chicken parm. That's a good one. It's just like, you know, you got the carbs and the protein. It's just like you can't. Is that with spaghetti or no? Yeah, with spaghetti. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like then you got the cheese, so you got your little dairy. So I feel like I couldn't get tired of that. But 12 times? 12 times a day. I was going to take a pizza from this place in Purcell, but that's about it. What place in Purcell? Joe's Famous Pizza. Shout out. Please sponsor us. Yeah, let's get a little sponsor in Joe. I will, I will take you there. Okay, all right. Okay, but right. yeah. Speaking of some other things, you know, successful. Poku's being pretty successful. He's getting his weight up. But I want to know for the Thunder Miles this year, going into 21-22, what would make it a successful season? Because this is a team that's in sort of a rebuild. Their over-under is 23 and a half games. They're supposed to win only 23 games. Dang. That is tied for last in Vegas with the Orlando Magic. So, not exactly an elite company. So, I no. wonder for a team like this who's not exactly aiming to make the play in, is not trying to make big moves to get into the playoffs, what would you deem a success? What are you looking for this year from Thunder? Honestly, I feel like with them not having, not being one of the best franchises in the, um, in the league right now, I feel like. Was um, best for this team this upcoming season would just be to build on ke- on team chemistry. I feel like um, you got got you got talented young guys like Shea, Poku, Dort, uh, Baisley. Uh, you got Maladon. You got Trey Mann. You got Josh Giddy. All these guys who are really talented. So I feel like um, coming together and just understanding understanding each other's roles on the team and just. Um, having a sense of okay, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to get the ball to Shea. I'm supposed to rebound. I'm supposed to box out. I'm supposed to, you know, set screens for Shea and or maybe and just un- get under better understanding of how is like how is how is this how is this gonna work? How are we gonna win games? How are we gonna um, keep keep building on this moving forward? So I feel like uh, team building on team chemistry would be the number one thing to for the Thunder to have this upcoming season. Yeah, I agree with that. I put internal development as one of the bigger things. Mm-hmm. Like, just can we see on day one, game one versus game 82, how much have you gotten better? Like, right. Poku, we talk about all the time. Poku, you watch the first game, you watch the last game, you can see big jumps in his game and just how comfortable he is. That's what I'm looking for. Like, Josh Giddy, who cares if he looks terrible on opening night? Mm-hmm. Like, it's about the long game, especially with the Thunder with this many draft picks. They weren't able to trade up in the draft this year. So this is about the long game. This exactly. is not something that has to be just sped up or anything like that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I want to see how does Shea continue to um, build good leadership habits. Mm-hmm. Like he was the guy at Media Day. He was everyone's right. talking about him. He's the guy. He's the leader. 
So how can he continue to develop that, especially on a team that it's going to be hard this year? There are not a ton of wins are coming through. Yeah, and it's like for him to be this young, he's like 23 years of age. He's and he's a vet on the team. That's what I'm saying. Like it's crazy how he's this, how, how he's like um, fast. He's been maturing so quickly in this league, and how he's automatically put into this role. Like, hey, you have to be the guy for this team in order for us to win and be one of the top franchises in the league moving forward. So I feel like his, like, just be, being better than he was last season is definitely something that I want to see him show. And then some side things I had, you know, get a top three pick. Not that you're going to have to tank all year for it. Like, the over-under is 23 and a half. Right. You're not expected to do a ton. Mm -hmm. But get that pick. That's what you need. I mean, we love having Josh Giddy, but I would love to have Jalen Suggs or Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley or Jalen Green right now. No offense to Josh Giddy. No offense, JG. It's all love, though. Feel me? It's all no, love. it's not a bad pick, but yeah, yeah, the Thunder yeah, yeah. were looking in going that year trying to get a top five pick. I think you hope to get that again this year with guys like Chet, Jalen Duran, Paulo Banchero, and a bunch of other like high-level prospects. And then on top of that, just experiment. Like It's a rebuild season anyways. Why not try some crazy stuff and just see what sticks? Like You might get something out of it. Like Worst-case scenario, you'll lose. Like, who cares? Best-case scenario, it's like, oh, JRE can like be a small ball five for us, like in the starting lineup. Right. Or um, Poku can hold his own at the four now, or just whatever that is. Just like, just try some things, which I think Coach Mark Daynault has done a good job of, of just not staying in the box and continuing to try other things. It's like, you know, what else do you have to lose? Yeah. It's like when you're projected to win literally, literally under 25 games, why not just. Go crazy and just try try everything. You see with the um with the Nuggets in the bubble, they had straight fives mm -hmm. like starting um as their starting five. So it's like, why not just see what works? And if it works, keep move keep moving forward and maybe even capitalize on it. So let's see how that goes out. You know that's the first take from today. But what is your hot take for the Thunder going into this season? Just a bold prediction, something you think might happen. Somebody might lead the team in stats. Maybe you think they're going to make the play-in. There's a big trade coming. Miles, what is your hot take? Are we talking about, like, overall team success or just – It could be an individual. Like, if you think so-and-so, insert player is going to break out. Honestly, I could see Shay. Hmm. I could see Shay being an all-star. It's going to be hard winning 23 games. <laughs> I think he, he'll have the numbers. It's just about winning. Right. But, you know, if he gets those numbers, that's awesome. Um, what kind of – I mean, what would he have to do to become an all-star, in your opinion, then? Man, he – Just stats-wise, because I think we know the wins are kind of out the window. You kind of have to average at most a triple-double. Like, you got So then he will not be an all-star. You got to – That's I feel like. The West is so stacked. That's what guards. I'm saying. It's just like, so hard. It's, it's like, it's hard for him to just come out, like, as many, especially at the guard position. Yeah. You got so many talented guards out there. You got Dane. You got Steph. You got... Russell Jamal. Westbrook's in the West now. Exactly. Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Clay Thompson's coming back. Um, you got Jamal Murray, who's, Luka, who's coming back. Ja. Like, a bunch of guys, like, all Man. over. Like, it is tough. It's gonna be tough. So I mean, like, could he know. do it possibly? It's, I don't know, but it's it's your hot take. It's it's possible, but it's also it's a little impossible. too hot for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, little, a little too steamy. I'll, I dip okay. my toe in. It's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> for 
For, for me, though, I got a different hot take. You know, Shea led the Thunder last year in assists with 5.9 assists per game last season. Mm-hmm. But I think Josh Giddy can lead the team in assists this year. I think he can get you around got, six to seven. You got to understand, this is somebody who's used to having the ball available. I mean, he's going to be playing in the second uh, team in that rotation, too. I mean, he averaged 11, 7, and 7 last year in Australia in a tough league at 17 to 18 years old. So, like, this is not anything that's going to, like, scare him. Right. I mean, there's going to be some limitations just in terms of physicality and adjusting. But one thing that I know for sure is that, you know, passing translates. You can – if you're a good passer, especially at 6'9", when you can see over everybody, mm-hmm. and then we hear some of these things coming around camp, like Kendrick Williams was raving about how good of a passer he was and just finding guys open. You know, Josh Giddy is not a showcase scorer like Shea. He's not somebody who's going to go out there and get 25 a night for you. Yeah, no. But he makes everybody better. So I think he just will be able to get easy shots for guys off lobs, off, you know, um, guys coming off pin downs, a lot of things like that. I think Josh Giddy, especially in transition, is going to be a dangerous weapon for the Thunder, just getting assists, getting it to everybody. That's, hmm, I'm interested in, I'm interested in seeing how he becomes more of a facilitator for this team moving forward, though. That's going to be really, really exciting to see. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's going to get minutes. Yeah. And then, Miles, are you ready for this? Because I have a game for you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, starting game, out, man. starting out, the Thunder... This year's total roster adds up to $51 million. The Pistons are paying Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin a combined $45 million to just not play for their team. So I'm going to give you a combination of two players from a few different teams, and you're going to tell me if they're making more, just the two of those guys, than the Thunder. Okay. So they need to be making more than $51 million. Okay. Okay. Number one, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum Miles. Are they making more? together than the Thunder's entire roster. I'm going to go with yeah, because, I mean, Jason Tatum. Jason that Tatum, is correct. Jason, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, bro. Like, that's the face of the uh, Celtics. $54 million combined for those two. That's the face of the uh, Celtics franchise. This so one's, yeah. one's going to get a little bit harder. Okay. Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris. Are they making more than the Thunder's entire roster? <gasps> I'm going to go with, ooh, that's a tough one, because you got Gotta be fifty-one million dollars. Fifty-one million. Mm. Nah, nah. I don't think they're making more than that combined. That is incorrect. They are making fifty-two million between Kyrie and Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Joe Harris is making the upper teens. Wow, I did not see that coming. That's crazy. Okay. Here's another one. This is a bad team, so this might might not know the numbers on this. Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio. Are they making more than the Thunder? You know, Kevin Love's got that untradeable yeah, contract. Right. How much yeah. is it? So it's like, I'm going to have to go with, they're making less. They are. They're making $2 million less miles. You are two and one. I, I have two that. more for you. Oh, that's two. Okay, okay, okay. All right, let's go. Steph Curry and James Wiseman. Are they making more than the Thunder? Steph Curry alone is probably making more than the Thunder. No, he <laughs> He needs James Wiseman's $9 million to get over okay. the top. All right. $54 All million. Right. And then the very last one, okay. your Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson, are they making more or less than the Thunder? I mean, you see how much D-Rob signed in the summer, so I'm going to have to go with they're making more than the Thunder. It's a trick question. They're making the same amount. 51 and 51. What? <laughs> 51 Pat, and 51. Pat Ro- 
Bro, Pat, pay my bands, bro. Pay D Rob. What's wrong? Shooters. Shooters market. But I, you know, I think he did all right. I think he went, what? um, I think three for four right? Two and two. Two and two, and then the last one was a tie. Okay. So that was a trick question. So that's cool. But we'll have some more trivia some other times. I think you you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. I I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna like that moving forward. So for sure. Um, you know, the Thunder, still rebuilding team, still seeing which players are going to stick, which ones are going to go out. You know, Shea and Dort seem like the only sort of, like, cornerstones. I mean, Poku can grow into it. Giddy, just because of his draft, uh, draft position, is probably going to be here for a couple of years at the very minimum. But if you had to buy into a trade rumor, not somebody, you know, we're not talking about Zion or Cat or LeBron or something crazy and out of the, you know, out of the realm of possibility, Bradley Beal. If you can get somebody who is a realistic trade target, who you think can, you know, maybe is a buy low candidate, who you can develop with the Thunder because they have a great development team, who is that guy? I'm gonna have to go with. I got two two names that comes to mind when you ask that question. Give me the first, first one, one, and then explain the second one. Let's hear it. First one would have to be Daniel House Jr. Daniel House Jr. Where I is he playing like at right now? Still in Houston. <laughs> yeah, he's still in Houston. Uh, okay. He's got Jalen Green's number. I mean, you should have you should have gave him that number four. Come on, mm-hmm. Daniel House. Come on. But um, yeah, I feel like when we saw when we first saw Daniel House Jr. play for the Rockets, he was a good player. He um definitely was that guy who who could be in and out of a, a starting lineup. Three and D. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's both. He's he can be that uh three and D guy for the Thunder and just make shape. Uh, better as a player moving forward. So I feel like Daniel House Jr. is a good candidate for the Thunder to to get at. Also, another guy would have to be for my Miami Heat, uh, Casey Akpala. I was hoping you were going to say Bam. That's unfortunate. No, no, no. no, no we're not crazy. Pat Riley's not that crazy. Okay, Come tell on, me man. more about him. I feel like with Casey's athleticism and how he, like how he operates with the ball in his hands and He's also that type of player that could play off ball and make guys around him better. So I feel like, um, and when you bring when you drop him in this on this Thunder roster and playing with guys like Dort, Shea, and these other guys, I feel like he can make them better. Um, by obviously he's not he may not be able to crack the starting lineup, but I feel like bring him off the bench and with uh, Teo Maladon and. See, maybe Josh Giddy might start. Maybe he may not. He may come off the bench. But also, I feel like if you put him in that second unit, he's going to make um, guys around him better for the um, moving forward. So, I feel like those two stick out to me. Uh, well, for those who don't know about KZ, like what position does he play? How big is he? Because I know that's sort of a niche thing. You being a Heat guy, not a lot of people, or at least I am not super super familiar with him. He is. KZ Arkpala, he is a small forward, plays a small forward position. He's 6'8", um, 22, years, 22 years of age, and he was the, two years ago, he was in the second round in the, um, as a 32nd pick overall in the 2019 draft. So I feel like um, he's young. He still has a, um, a lot of experience moving forward, so I feel like um, – have being be, having like experience and playing with a young team like like Shay guys like Shay and Dort. There's still room to grow. Yeah, there's a lot of room to grow moving forward. So I feel like um, yep. KZ is definitely 
benefit the, for the third year. No, KZU's interesting. I like him more than House. I think House was like 27 or something like right, that. I think people yeah. had a little bit of a longer path. But going from heat culture to thunder culture is not a bad not yeah, a bad switch up. Not, it's not bad at all, honestly. It's got some of the same values. As for my thunder trade target, I have one of your favorite players in the league here. Cam Reddish. Wow. I did not see this coming. Why, why do you – you don't think he's – he could fit with the Thunder? He could fit with the Hawks? I think the problem with them is that they are getting into a dangerous thing where they have so many young guys who they have to extend. Like, they just supermaxed Trey. They just extended John Collins. Bogdan, uh, Bogdanovich got a deal last summer. Gallinari has a deal. And plus, they just have all these young wings. Like I mentioned, Bogdanovich. They also have R.J. Hunter. Um, DeAndre. DeAndre Hunter, my yeah, bad. Yeah, you're good. Uh, Kevin Herter and some other guys. I mean, even Jalen Johnson's coming into this team and can give him minutes. That he played really well in the summer league. That's a lot of wings. That's, That's what I'm saying. So it's especially with um DeAndre Hunter, those two are like the same player. So mm-hmm. it's like I don't know how that's well, gonna work. DeAndre Hunter is here to stay. Like he That's, played really well well last year. Yeah. I mean Kevin Herter won game seven for them against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He's not going anywhere. I think Cam Reddish, it's not that he's a bad player. I think he's just kinda getting he's the odd man out. Mm-hmm. So why not? Let the Thunder trade for him. I mean I mean the Thunder can give them some cap flexibility. We don't need to give them a player. Just give them a um, the Thunder or the Suns' first round pick next year will probably around be the late twenties and maybe a couple seconds. I think that's probably even value for a guy who they don't want to re-sign anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe there's a thing where Cam looks really good for the Thunder and you develop him, and then he's a part of that big trade uh, with a star down the line. I actually like that. I actually like that um, happening. I can see that. I appreciate it. I'm, not, I'm a big fan of Cam Reddish, so Cam Reddish stuck to me. So that's Well, and then, you know, he fits the positionless basketball model for the Thunder. He can play multiple positions. He's got some more passing, I think, than what he showed there. Mm-hmm. Because before the Nate McMillan hire, you and I both know, Trey Young was playing a little less like Steve Nash and a little bit more ball hogging. Right. And I think it limited some of the production from these other guys. That's no hate on Trey Young. He's playing a lot better now and I'm happy for him. Yeah. But it wasn't always to the benefit of everyone else. That's I mean, he got in that argument with John Collins about it. Right. But I really do like Cam Reddish coming in here. I think he can, you know, there are enough wing spots for the Thunder. He can play next to Shea. He can play next to Dory. He can play next to Giddy, Poku, Bays. Like, he just kind of seamlessly fits in the only danger that I think about is you know some of the questions about consistency with him mm-hmm. he's around a 30 point uh, 30 per, uh, 30 percent three-point shooter yeah. it took me a second yeah, you but you know it. he's shooting 80 percent from the line so he could realistically develop a free throw percentage is usually a good indicator so maybe you get that but you know with the thunder when you have this wide open sort of spacing on offense where everyone can attack guys off the dribble I think that really helps a guy like him out also, you gotta understand. Like, I feel like since he left high school, he just not that guy anymore. He, especially when he played at Duke with R.J. Barrett and uh, Zion and Trey Jones, they had they were these were guys who needed the balls the ball in their hands. So it's like, I don't know. Especially when he had the injuries, just been coming back, uh, and he played late in the playoffs. So I feel like. He just hasn't had that chance, and he hasn't been able to showcase what he can actually do. Like, mind you, in high school, if you look up Cam Reddish um, high school highlights, man, it's insane. He's a bucket. You can ask, um, what's his name, Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, he said the guard. yes. So, hey, Cam Reddish is the truth. I'm just Cam you know. Reddish, Sam Presti, go get Cam Reddish. No, for real. 
But I think that's a good one. And then, you know, we've talked a lot about the Hawks. So I'm going to push it to the total league. You know, we're talking league pass teams. Uh-huh. You know, league pass teams, for those who don't know, are not like we're not going to take the Lakers or the Nets or any of those teams who are playing on national media all the time, the Warriors. These are teams that you, like, flip on league pass and you're like, oh, this is a fun team to watch. Someone who you're not going to see usually unless they play your hometown team. So I want you to start with three and build up to one. Who is your third best league pass team? Right now, I'm going to go with the Hornets. Tell me about them. The reason why, obviously, the golden child that is LaMelo Ball. So he's, you know, his rookie of the year. So when you got guys around him that get also – that are also talented as well. You got Gordon Hayward, um, Scary Terry, Terry Rozier. Uh, you got uh, Miles Bridges. You know they got that Airbnb. You know that's their mm-hmm. nickname now. So um, I don't know if they like that. Eric uh, Collins on commentary losing his mind. Yeah, so it's like this is a fun team to watch. You got you got um, uh, top ten pick James Booknight. Booknight. Yeah, Booknight. Yeah. So I feel like that's that's honestly a fun team to watch. It's a young. Talented team. They got some guys who have playoff experience and guys that are like veterans on this team. So I feel like that'll also be a fun team to watch moving forward. Um, Lamelo Ball being uh, a top twenty-five in the top twenty-five players under twenty-five player. So I feel like you know the, the sky's the limit for that team. Honestly, another team that I would have to say is the Houston Rockets. I feel like with Jalen Green being drafted, him having a chip on his shoulder saying that I should have been the number one pick. I'm the best player in this draft. He has a lot of potential. I've been I've been following um Jalen Green's Jalen Green um style of play since he was playing at San Joaquin Memorial. So I definitely feel like he has the talent to become that guy and lead the league in scoring um, later on in his career. You got guys like. Uh, Sengen, you got Josh Christopher, you got KPJ, John Wall, Kevin, Kevin. Don't Kevin, bring up Kevin. John Wall. Like, that's a okay. benefit to watch their team. Okay, it is, it is. John Wall is that guy. But, I want to watch John Wall. I'll watch YouTube highlights. Him, I'm not him, watching. Hitting the dunk, you don't like it when you, when you hit that damn? In 2021, <laughs> he better not be. I mean, but I like some of the Houston guys. I mean, you mentioned Shingoon. I like um, him. Um, yeah, they got yeah. Usman Garuba. A guy from Spain. Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin Jr. is on the team. I think they're sort of in the same boat as the Thunder, where they have a lot of assets. Not as much as the Thunder, but they have their guy who they're building around, Jalen Green. We have Shea. And I like the idea of just all of them experimenting and seeing what happens. And I like their coach. I mean, he came over from Dallas, where he was the lead assistant and helped really a lot with that Luka offense. Mm. He was trying some things with Harden before Harden left. I'm just interested to see what he gets in a full season. Yeah, that's going to be And who's your last team? My last team would have to be Jamaran Amara Grizzly. Oh, I, I, I'm a big fan of Memphis Grizzlies. I feel like... Tell me about him. Jamaran, he's just that player that you just love to watch. He has so much swag when he plays. He can... He just a human highlight film if you're talking about... Like, if you're talking about a guy who's our age, who's like 22, 6'3", what a buck lean a buck 95 if that i'm being generous i, I don't even know that'd be more than poker. going off top but <laughs> right but that like that's i'm looking at myself and he just dropped in 30 on dude it's, it's crazy to watch you also got 
Jaren Jackson Jr. You got their draft pick, Zaire Williams. You got Dylan Brooks, who broke out when he when they played in the playing tournament. You got um, shout out Stephen Adams. You know, Thunder Legends. Stephen Adams. Th- that's a Thunder Legend. So I feel like that team is definitely gonna be fun to watch moving forward. They're young, athletic, can can play offense and defense, and they're gonna be they're gonna um, give the best um, every night. So I feel like that's gonna that's my top three. What about you, Big Mike? You can tell we hang out too much because I have two of the same three teams. <laughs> I'm gonna start out with you know what? I'll start with the two teams we already had. Okay. Uh, and then I'll bring it to the big conclusion. But my number one team was the Hornets. You know, Lamelo. Let's get Lamelo the out there. Child, you know, the Hornets are trying to continue success last year after getting bounced in the play-in. I mean, they got rocked by Indiana. Mm-hmm. But they're still building. I mean, can Lamelo take a leap? Can he continue to become a better shooter? Can he improve as a defender? I'm interested to see just, like, you know, he was skinny last year. Like, how much muscle can he put on? You've seen Lonzo, his brothers, put on some muscle and looking lean, looking good. But Do they still have him? They still got Jello? Or no? I don't think so. Man, that's tough. But, I mean, on top of that, we mentioned Eric Collins. They have all these dunks, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington. They extended Terry Rozier, who's a really good player, kind of underrated. I really like Terry Rozier. Very underrated. Very underrated. He I mean, he's averaging 20. He was on the Celtics. Absolutely. I think they're probably regretting giving him up now that they've salary dumped Kimba Walker to get Al Horford back in return, who they already had. So it's like, I don't understand that. Yeah. But. No, the topic for another day with the Celtics yeah, and what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, Gordon Hayward had a sneaky bounce back year last year. He averaged 26 and 4. I mean, they're upgrading the rotating door of white centers that they've had. Oh. <laughs> Miles Plumlee is in after long runs of the Twin Tower lineups with Frank Kaminsky and Cody Zeller. <laughs> they're trying to do something different. I mean, you mentioned James Booknight. He's a guy who a lot of people have the thunder taking at six. So him falling, I mean, you're getting a good player. Yeah. Somebody who's, you know, who Lamelo can pass the ball to and just be a microwave scorer. I think that's a good role for him. He instantly comes in and takes all of Malik Monk's minutes now that he's gone. I don't understand that, uh, but I mean I don't understand him being in that Hornets rotation. That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I don't know. I wish him the best of luck in LA, though. No, but the Hornets are in a pretty good position. You know, they've never made it to the second round of the playoffs since they were became an expansion team when they became the Bobcats and eventually the Hornets again. Mm-hmm. They still have not made it out of the first round. I'm not saying they'll make it out of the first round this year, but you know. Can they get in a position where they're not in the plan, where they're the seventh seed, the sixth seed? Can they be the Knicks from last year? Yeah. But something like that. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, Loki, I really like them as like a sneaky trade target for a big player down the line, just because Lamelo allows you to play with good guys. I mean, they already have Gordon Hayward, but what if you put all their young guys, P.J. Washington, Miles mm-hmm. Bridges, yeah. Book Knight, some picks, and you go get. Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, mm. or even a Ben Simmons to help your defense out. I think they're a sneaky team for those types of players. Because much like the Thunder, they're not in a position where they're getting free agents. Right. And now that you have LaMelo and Gordon Hayward, you're not going to be in a position where you're going to get a high lottery pick. So this is what you're going to have to do if you're going to get that influx of talent unless one of these guys just pops and becomes an all-star. Yeah. They're going to... That's, I don't know, it's a lot of things you could do with this Charlotte Hornets roster, so I feel like this is a very slept-on team. They have a lot of talent, but what is that general manager going to do moving forward? And like, Well, I mean, it's Mitch Kupchak from who used to be with the Lakers when mm-hmm. they won those rings with Kobe, so he has a track record of doing a pretty good job. I mean, he's already t- 
turn them around from it was Kimba by himself to now they have a pretty solid roster. I mean, it took some lottery luck to get LaMelo, but you convince uh, Gordon Hayward to sign there. You make the right deal in getting Terry Rozier when you didn't really have to out of the Kimba Walker deal where you just got a swap and you just gained an asset, and it turns out you got the better player. Yeah. You know, Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington have been pretty good 3 and D players mm-hmm. who have shown some stuff. So, I don't know. I'm really excited to see them. But another team that we both agreed on is the Memphis Grizzlies. John Moran, I'm on my Grizzlies. John Moran, absolutely. He balled out in the playoffs, you know, against the Jazz. They went out in the first round, but he averaged, Miles, 38-5 and five in his first playoff Mind series. You, he's like 6'3", like he's six three. 90. Going right at Rudy Gobert, not fearing anything at all. Just crazy. But I think it's a big question of, you know, are they finally ready to win and get a solid playoff spot? Like I mentioned with the Hornets, like can they get in a solid six, seven? Can they, like, avoid the play-in? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but, I mean, they've continued to build their roster. Um, They make the Steven Adams trade where they get rid of Jonas Valanciunas, but they – get Steven Adams in, which I think will free up some post touches for guys like um, Jaron Jackson Jr., Xavier Tillman, and Brandon Clark Jr. Mm-hmm. Just get some of those guys some touches. I mean, Valanciunas is a good player, but he can kind of only post up. And now you open that up to a, some other guys and you get a little bit more athleticism on the floor. Steven Adams a little bit more athletic than Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah. And on top of that, it's not a huge upgrade, but Adams is has shown, I mean, with the Thunder, that he can be sort of a defensive quarterback, he can be the anchor of your defense and help those guys out. Most definitely. You know, and adding on to that, you know, this is a big boy roster. Like, there are tons of NBA, like, real NBA guys on this squad. Like, I mentioned Triple J, Xavier Tillman, Brandon Clark, Steven Adams, John Morant, but then you've got guys like Kyle Anderson, Desmond Bain, who's an underrated 3 and D guy. Who slow-mo, showed s- slow-mo, I like slow-mo. slow-mo. <laughs> yeah. Desmond Bain, you know, 3 and D guy, he showed some flashes of self-creation in Summer League, which he is known as sort of an off the uh, off the dribble guy at TCU. He was a problem with the Horn Frogs. That's what I'm saying. TCU. He's to have another chance to pop and be there. Yeah. Um, Dylan Brooks, who's their version of Lou Dort in a lot of ways. Literally, he he was balling out in the playing tournament. I just remember him. He is not scared of anybody. He I love Dylan Brooks. Taking on that responsibility, like you know, I'm gonna shut down this player, and he's not gonna have his way. So that was it. Was just crazy to see him come into his his own and play and help out Jaw in that playing tournament. And then Zaire Williams coming in. He was a bucket. 6'9", can shoot it. He playing, obviously I've been watching him when he was at Sierra Canyon, you know, with that very, very um, celebrity-ish team. So, and, but you got to understand, like, he had he had some ups and downs when he played at Stanford. Well, but Stanford, they're living out of a hotel right. during COVID protocols all the time. I don't even really think they had a season necessarily. Uh-huh. They didn't play a ton of games. Like, just incredibly hard then. And on top of that, like, we know with classes can be hard. Right. Stanford exactly. classes. Stanford classes. Like, I'm barely struggling with OU classes. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so. Shout out Zaire Williams for going through that. But, Not I mean, clearly. maybe he finds a good place. I mean, he's going to get open shots with Ja, who's going to create for him. Mm-hmm. But we keep talking about that same archetypal 3 and D long guy. Sort of, I mean, he's even gotten some Paul George comps or Richard Lewis comps. So, if he can pop, I think that's another really, really valuable player. Um and then on top of that, you got Tyus Jones, really great uh, backup point guard, really solid. A couple of interesting, you know, reclamation projects like we talked about with those buy low candidates. That's what they've done with, you know, they get Chris Dunn in, who's a really good defender, and they get Jarrett Culver in, see what he can do, see if he's 
an actual player or if he just gets stuck with Minnesota. I forgot he um I forgot the dude coming from Tech. Yeah, he was he was he was good. He was great at Tech. Yeah, Didn't real. really get developed. I mean, Minnesota he had a lot of injury issues, so mm-hmm. you know with Memphis they have great player development. I just listed all those guys: Dylan Brooks, um, Dylan Brooks, Xavier Tilton, Brandon Clark. Highest Jones, even Jaw has really developed. You can see this over and throughout like their program as a team. So I think it has a good chance to turn him around. But I mean, it's a really fun team to watch. You're getting up and down the court. Very fun. They team play the right way. Team. I really like their coach. He coaches the right way. Uh, they get a lot of stuff done. They play pretty solid defense. They're very fundamentally sound. They just get into a lot of tight, fun games. And then mm-hmm. you also just have the X factor of Jaw jumping over a guy or scoring 40. <laughs> just whenever he wants to. He's, it's just, you know, whatever he wants for Jaw. And then I kind of skipped over it, but I think it's a little bit more important, so we need to discuss it. This is sort of a make-or-break year for Jaron Jackson Jr. in terms of can he stay healthy. Right. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because you're talking about a guy who is a top-five pick. Picked over Luca, picked right. over Trey. <laughs> He's that's not to make fun of him, but like it's just a fact because a lot of times it gets forgotten because people only bring up Aiton and Bagley as the guys who got picked over those two. Right. Jaren, Triple J is in that conversation or about to enter that conversation also. Yeah. No, he's a great player. They decided not to extend him this summer just to play it out and see how he does with these injury things. But, I mean, he's that switchable five for the modern NBA. I mean, I'd love for the Thunder to get him if they could buy low on him. I don't <laughs> think they can buy that low. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he's not only the switchable big five who can get out on the perimeter, block shots, and do some things, but he can, like, not shoot it for a big. Like, he can shoot it flat out, shoot it. Like, yeah, he's yeah. got sidestep threes. He's got... Um, you know, step backs. He's got everything. Yeah, he's, he's he can be a problem when he wants to. When he was playing at Michigan State, he he it's can just show can that. Can he stay healthy? Right, can he stay out problem. of foul trouble? That's the problem that we're having with him. So we'll see how that. But if he forward. plays all year, I mean, why can't they make a big run to the playoffs? Um, and then wrapping that up, I just you know they have a chance to be really really good, and that's why they're second on my list. Can I, can I guess your your third one? I, I want you to. Go ahead. I'll go give you three guesses. Three guesses. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go with the Toronto Raptors. No. Wow, okay. Um, they me... weren't on your list either. Don't be <laughs> surprised. <laughs> no, because I'm actually a big fan of Gary Trent Jr. So, yeah. uh, let's go with... Uh, let's go a, a young, talented team that's... Not that's very overlooked. That's small market. Pelicans. It is the Pelicans, but not for the reasons you think. Okay, okay, talk to me. Okay, first, Zion. Yeah. Zion is incredible. I will turn on a game with Zion anytime, and then change the channel when he's subbed out. Must see TV. Must see TV. Zion is incredible. He is basketball Thanos. He just knocks people over <laughs> like a bowling ball. Like, he is a monster. He's a defensive end out there playing basketball, shooting 60% from the lane. Like, just incredible. And he's got some, like, point Zion last year was fun. Yeah, that was fun to watch. I'm not even going to lie to you. They get a new coach in Willie Green Jr., who's played in the league for a while. I think he was assistant with the Suns before this. Mm -hmm. or he Yeah, before he got upgraded from the Pelicans. I'm not for sure on that. But I really like this team more so because, you know, like with a car crash, like, it's hard to look away. The Pelicans are a car crash. They are a dumpster fire of a team. And I am going to enjoy watching that. Because, like, what is this team's goal? 
are they trying to make the playoffs? Are they trying like if you're trying to make the playoffs, you don't have enough good players, and then you have too many good players to tank. Like you're just stuck in the middle. It's just like who is also who, what's y'all identity? Like who's y'all's number one guy? Is it Zion? Is it Bi? Is it? It better Devontae? be Zion. Is it Devonte? I don't understand. Like who, who's who's gonna have the ball in their hands when? It's five seconds left on the clock, and they're down by two, and they need a three to win. Well, and then some giant just kind of questionable summer trades and deals. Like, what are you doing trading Lonzo? Like, Lonzo straight up just decided he didn't want to be in New Orleans anymore, wouldn't consider re-signing. Even after Zion said, you know, this is a guy I like to play with, this is a guy I want back, this is a guy who I'm friends with. And New Orleans still couldn't do anything. They just burnt that bridge ultimately. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of foul on their part. Well, and he's the perfect guy to play next to Zion. He's a three and D wing who can shoot the ball, who can give some playmaking. He was great on those lobs. He averaged probably like three assists a game just throwing it half court or full court lobs to Zion, which is incredible. Mind you, he's been doing that. Like, yeah. This, like he's been doing that since he was at Chino Hill. So it's I don't. But then you have Zion, who's the one of the best wide receivers in the exactly. NBA. So I don't, I don't get it. Well, and then, no offense to these guys, but like Thomas Sadaransky and Devontae Graham is just, it's not getting me excited. That's no. not enough. Like Devontae Graham shot in the 30s percentage-wise from the field. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. He's a streaky shooter who can hit some threes, but he doesn't get to the line a ton, and he's not somebody who finishes well in the paint. So it's like, if he's not hitting, what is he doing? And then Tomas Sadaransky... He's a utility guard. He's fine, but I gotta get more for Lonzo than, um, you know, Garrett Temple's expiring contract <laughs> and Tomas Sanerinsky. That's just not enough. I don't. I don't get it. Uh, I think that was a bad move getting rid of Lonzo. So. And then going back, I mean, I talked about it with Memphis with that trade, the Stephen Adams trade. They pick up Valanciunas in New Orleans. The Zion Stephen Adams. Fit didn't work on offense or defense, but somehow the Jonas Valanciunas and Zion thing will. I don't understand what they're doing. I don't get it. I, help me out. I yeah, help me it. to help you. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And then, you know, I'll just keep hammering on him. Can Jackson Hayes stay in the league? Is he an NBA player who can even be a backup? Like, he gets lost. He's developed no offensive game. He is just tall and runs and jumps and dunks. Like, he makes... JaVale McGee look like a polished player. Like you gotta understand, like it's for him, it's not making that making that transition from college to the NBA is, is hard for some players. I mean, we saw him at UT; he was a problem. He was he was jumping out of the gym, he was blocking shots, he was getting getting having his way in, in the inside the paint and did whatever he wanted to do. So it's like for you to come into the league. You're obviously not going to be that guy moving forward. So it's like, uh, yeah, he's had some he's he's had some flashes where he can. He gets a big dunk. Yeah, he gets a big block. But know, like it has to be consistent. Like, but what else? Yeah. Like I don't get it. And you got a lot of guys on that team where it's like, are they enough to make the playoffs or even be a threat in the West? You got guys like um, Shea's cousin, Nikhil Alexander Walker. You mm-hmm. got Josh Hart. So. What are these? Obviously, these are guys who are like better defensively. So, but like, what else? What else are you bringing to the table? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I have something else on Nikhil, but I want to finish this on Jackson Hayes. I mean, he's kind of in that long line of Texas bigs who are long and athletic but don't do a ton else. Yeah. Like, I mean, Jared Allen has worked out. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Turner has been pretty good. Yeah. But then you get guys like Mo Bamba. You get guys like Jackson Hayes himself. Mm-hmm. And then Kai Jones, who like has all this superstar potential if he can work. Like I didn't even mention him with the Hornets. I should no, have. No, you didn't. You, you didn't even mention no, him. No, more crazy. dunks with Kai Jones. Right. right. And he was balling out in some of these yeah, games. Before I forget, they also had JT Thor. Oh, wow. Thor, that's a Thunder guy. I need to get that last <laughs> name here. But, you know, like, Jackson Hayes, like, also, why did you even pick him with a lottery pick? He doesn't fit next to Zion. Like, if you're going to have Zion, get your stretch big who can cover him on the rim on the backside like a Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. Get somebody like that. Get now Horford. But I just don't understand what the goal of this franchise is because they're not bad enough to get that next guy who can help Zion and then they're not good enough to like go out and win right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have all these picks, but do you want to trade Brandon Ingram and a bunch of picks for something? For what? Like, I don't. Could you get Damian Lillard? Could you get Bradley Beal? But even then, like your supporting cast is still so bad that doesn't matter. It's very because you'd be gutting your team to get this superstar who can help Zion, but you'd have Zion. Dame, and then basically you and me on the team. Right. <laughs> hey, we're not no scrubs now. Don't, no, don't but we're, we're not NBA up. guys. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, you talked about Nikhil Alexander Walker. They also added Trey Murphy. Mm-hmm. Get some shooting out there. He really showed out in summer league. I think he's going to be a guy who can instantly come in and play and stretch the floor for them. But other than that, Pat Zion and Brandon Ingram, the roster is just underwhelming, to say the very least. Yeah. I mean, you like. Willie or one of the Hernan Gomez brothers. Are you a fan of that? It's Willie or Wancho. It's, one of them. It's Willie. Yeah, it's Willie. No, he came over from Minnesota, I'm pretty it's, sure. It's one of them. But, I mean, I just don't know what they're doing. And um, to me, like, I really question the Zion Brandon Ingram fit together. Right. It's like, I don't understand one of them. One of them has to be the guy. And. Fans obviously want to see Zion, but you can't ignore the talent that is Brandon Ingram. Well, does Brandon Ingram need to be on a different team? That's the thing. Where would he fit, though? I mean, I'd love to see him somewhere like Orlando would be good. Put him and Jalen Suggs together with all those defensive guys around him. I just don't – what does Orlando give back? Jonathan Isaac? (laughs) That's not enough. (laughs) That's not enough. Like, if you wanted to trade Brandon Ingram to a lot of teams, like, you see this with the Ben Simmons thing. It's like, we'd love to have Ben Simmons. Okay, what are you going to give us? Uh, do, you, do you like Buddy Heald? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, could you trade um, Brandon Ingram even to Sacramento for Buddy and, you know, a pick and some young guys? I don't know. I, I think Kings fans want to keep off night, so I feel like they wouldn't do that. Yeah, but, I mean, the Pelicans have to do something. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, this is an example of, like, you know, Thunder fans who want to go out there and spend a bunch of money and want to go get these guys. Like, the Pelicans are the prime example of how not to rebuild. They have done this now twice with Anthony Davis. It's like, let's go get Eric Gordon. Let's go get Drew Holiday. Let's go get Ryan Anderson because Anthony Davis looked good as a rookie. You spent all your money on the first day, and now you have – it's like spending all your money on food on the first day, and you have nothing to eat the rest of the week. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you have to save. What are and then, you doing? And then they do the same thing where, like, the Thunder have been great at accumulating assets. Like, you know, we'll take Al Horford, but you have to give us a couple picks to hold on to him. We'll take Chris Paul, but you have to, like, give us some picks. Like, all these salary dump things. Like, you want to give us Derek Favors? You're going to have – you want Derek Favors off your salary? You're going to have to give us a first-round pick. Yeah. The Pelicans did the opposite 
where they not only spent first round picks, but they spent first round picks on guys who they later had to like salary dump. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they do the Drew Holiday trade and get rid of him, which is fine. You get a bunch of like late picks, which doesn't really help you, and you get Eric Bledsoe's contract, which you can't trade. And then you trade Kendrick Williams and George Hill to the Thunder for Steven Adams, and you give the Thunder a first-round pick. And then you extend Steven Adams, who then you trade the next year. Like, where is your long-term plan? What's the vision? I'm trying what's to, the I'm vision? Trying, like, if you, you're painting a picture, I'm trying to see the picture. I don't get it. Yeah, because they're not building for now. They're right. not building for the future. They're not building to fit Zion. What are you doing? I don't get it. And then before I end up – before we end this, I just wanted to read this out because I think it's important how players – perceive certain teams Mm -hmm. you know like the thunder are kind of seen as a first class organization you've heard people like chris paul talk about russell westbrook paul george even some other guys al horford but jj reddick you know one of the more respected players in the league recently retired also a podcaster a lot in common with us but he talked about his deal with the pelicans i think he signed a two-year deal and he said that he talked uh, here's a, a quote quote i talked to griff because he wanted to get traded and then something went wrong. Mm-hmm. I talked to Griff. I talked to Trajan, um, who's their GM. And Griff basically says to me, comes down for a month. If you still want to be traded, I'll give you my word. I'll get you to a situation you like. They then talked for four more times, Reddick went on to say. And then um, his agent talked to them, J.J. Reddick's agent. But I'm talking to Griff directly, he also says. And Griff and I have a personal relationship. Obviously, he didn't honor his word, is what J.J. Reddick says. And this is the big one. This is what J.J. Reddick said. I don't think you're going to get uh, you're going to get honesty from that front office. That's not an opinion. I just don't think you're going to get that. And then on top of that, you have the things where Zion's already kind of rumored to be unhappy. Like this could be code red fast. This could be an this could be a team that gets sent to Seattle. It's not a good look for the Pelicans right now. So. You got a lot of players complaining. You got J.J. Reddick, the one who read that quote, uh, Lonzo. You got rumors that Zion's not happy. So it's like, it's not it's not looking pretty for this team, honestly. Miles, do you have anything to say before we get out of here? Like and subscribe. We will see y'all next time. Absolutely.